now people have grown so used to simplicity and being served that when ideas are not like this too or when people are not like this too or when artists are complex and not like so neatly definable and categorizable uh, they really get scared and jumpy and, and angry with each other Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Reflection series, uh, which is a more traditional form of podcast where I expand on whatever it is I do in the Oration series. Um, this, by the way, baptizes the um, transition of the Marcus Vendia feed to uh, Anchor from the SoundCloud um, native hosting rss feed bullshit which they have to figure out because there are so many podcasting features these days that um, it's no excuse for being that messy like soundcloud is but we'll see how it goes on um, an anchor they seems to have uh, a pretty neat free uh, ensemble of features uh, and let's see how it goes so welcome and thank you for um, being here. If you're listening, um, I would really like you to participate um, in a much more active way in this new series since on Oration it's impossible to do it. Um, so if you go on Twitter at Marcus Vendia and uh, in my official Discord uh, server, which you'll see the link to in the, uh, in the description of this episode, um, we'll be able to interact um, share thoughts, ideas, you can share questions, ask me stuff, Um, because I want this conversation uh, to be an ongoing and active one with you rather than just me talking to you, like in the oration episodes. Um, And talking about oration, uh, I took a break um, over the Christmas holidays and the start of the year because it's it's been... uh, quite a rough transition to 2020 for me, um, both professionally then health-wise and all this sort of stuff. I had a flu right uh, on New, New Year's night. And um, and I released the uh, last episode, uh, Unison, um, in the week of the 6th, 7th of December, um, and I was really proud, I was happy about that episode, I, I really worked um, on that a lot, and it came after a, um, a, a span of uh, a bunch of weeks where I was being pretty regular with it, um, but um, after that, um, I don't know, I kind of hit a, a, a mental block, a writer's block, a roadblock, however you want to call it, where um, I have I realized that I have so many things to say, um, but I don't really know how or if they are worth it to say them. That's the the struggle of any creator. Um, so nothing special, but 
putting together an oration episode is so peculiar. This this was the uh, there was the tenth episode. So I started with this idea um, last summer, and um, and I don't know. Like I, I, you hit the the tenth episode, and when you see the shape of what you're doing. Um, really coming together into focus um, if it's so if if what you're doing is new enough and and you don't have many examples to um, to aid yourself with um, you have to set yourself some parameters and some milestones to hit to see if what you're doing um holds any water and for me was the 10th episode I, I said to myself when I started in June or wherever it was um, that I I had to have a um, uh, a workable uh, framework a shape of what this series and each episode is supposed to be and uh, the way that I put it together the way that I write it the way that I uh, perform it and then comp- compose the music and record it and mix it and and, and and do the artwork and everything else because at this point I'm doing everything uh, on my own um, so it would be possible for me to um, push out these episodes uh, in a steady regular manner uh, in order to avoid this sort of roadblocks that I hit on uh, um, upon the release of Unison um, which by the way was exactly um, my goal uh, when I when I by the time that I got to Unison I had uh, that mental framework um, and that schedule of work that allows me to be um, to perform well and to release things fast but what I what I didn't account for was that the source dried up, meaning that I have this bunch of lists on the notes on my iPhone and in my notebooks of of different topics and themes and things to talk about that I want to dissect and analyze. That I um, that then I pick and choose from, and then um, I I start writing and I see what is a theme that kind of is coming up from the page so I I, I refer it to one of those uh, topics so I have a full list of um, things to talk about for episodes but from that to having a script to having a uh, an, an essay to perform and then from then from that point to have uh, a musical to layer on top um, that's a big creative leap because one thing is to shoot an idea down on the page. Very much another is then to develop the theme, grow it, have it blossom, have it bloom into something that's that that I feel proud to um, to read out loud and to share with people. So there was the the creative block that I hit around Christmas because. I was so overwhelmed with all these ideas, um, which are very basic, very elementary. Sometimes it's even three or four words, but 
via by experience having put together this way of um crafting the episodes um the unexpected happened which was that my uh ability to turn scripts to turn idea into ideas into scripts and then scripts into full creative items um kind of vanished for a while so um that's the reason of the break and why i, I prioritize other work uh while the um the soil um matured a new level of fertility and it was um it was possible for me to keep going with um with the series and i released uh the new episode called uh dark lollipop um i just realized that it, it takes a lot of effort i don't know exactly what i had in mind when i embarked in this um experiment like um musical items podcasts where rather than just being a, a stream of consciousness consciousness or an interview like this series is oration is very much a well-produced well put together scripted object um there is release with the frequency of of a weekly podcast but at this point is so much work that um it really takes me 50 plus hours to put together an episode so at this point um i really want to experiment with a new schedule which sees oration um coming out every two weeks and in the off weeks we do reflection which is this stream of consciousness plus in the future i want to have interviews and audience participation and to keep this type of release which is the off-week release a bit more um relaxed and fluid and where i can experiment with different things uh i can play around a little bit more while, while i keep my um well-produced well-producing energies for for oration um so have big goals for oration and for the whole marcus vendia feed uh, for 2020 um i want to grow you guys i want to grow the audience i want our ideas to uh, to flourish and to uh, and to develop a community that really talks about uh, narrative philosophy and the mental struggles of our generation seen from a uh, a more narrative point of view um and how we can use uh all the lessons from philosophers and artists and thinkers past uh, to make some sense out of these times that seem on the surface much more chaotic than any time um, in recorded history um so i really have big plans for oration and it was my reason for growing the community was my main reason for opening the um, the discord server uh, which is called the uh, the mv place and you can find the link uh, down there in the episode description uh, because i want you guys to be there to interact to talk ask each other questions and create collaborate i really want to bring a lot of talent to oration um 
musicians, producers, voice actors, writers, uh, what have you. Um, and plus, I want to have guests here and live episodes where we where we chat, we talk about narrative philosophy. So the the gates of creative input um, opened again um, a couple of weeks ago um, when I started to riff on different topics and really the uh, the idea that flourished the most for me uh, in my mind and that I really was excited the most to, to talk about with you um, is this idea that I already kind of talked about in the past and definitely bust my friends balls a lot with this idea which is one of the kind of kernels of brilliance also that Noam Chomsky threw about in the uh, in the manufacturing you know, of consent which is the fact that the more the consumeristic machine moves to encompass every facet of social existence and the more the market and consumers become um, flooded with uh, choices alternatives become served in everything the more businesses and brands compete to serve people the best they 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 grow this this machine into dissecting taking apart um and simplifying every aspect of reality, which turns us, um, turns definitely me and everybody that I see around me into sort of like spoiled kids, um, because we have so many of these simple, um, ready to use options and choices and services that are really, we become really disappointed and disaffected in anything that doesn't really particularly spend an inordinate amount of energy really pursuing our uh, our satisfaction, our ultimate satisfaction. And whenever we have to work for things or we get served with situations or products or services that don't really go out of their way to make things as smooth and simple and bumpless uh, for us, um, we get weirdly pissed off and it's only for the commercial side of things, the consumeristic side of things, because life is um, as hard and complex as always, of course. But um, to me, it's it's an interesting remark to make because I see this weird mentality of just being served in everything, in every aspect of our life, bleeding into also the parts of existence that need um, complexity, need nuance, need contradiction, need debate and sides not not clearly split but sort of mixing with each other, which is the whole realm of opinion making and um, and art and consciousness and creativity and information where now people have grown so used to simplicity and being served that when ideas are not like this too uh, or when people are not like this too or when artists are 
complex or not like so neatly definable and categorizable. Uh, they really get scared and jumpy and, and angry with each other. And I think that this is a really powerful form of control because if you turn people, this is where Chomsky com comes in, is that if you talk to, to people as if they are children, if you treat them as such, if you present them with iconography that resembles the type of um, simple and bright shapes, colors and characters that the children are drawn to, you lower their intellectual and emotional faculties. If they get trained, if they, they get subconsciously used to be treated like this, they settle themselves into a level of, of understanding and experience and intellectual reaction to the world like that of children. They, they lower themselves. Uh, and so once people are there, it's very easy to uh, subtly steer them away and into choices, control them, predict them, manipulate them, as long as you keep the surface level as entertaining, as bright and as simple and as pleasing as possible, uh, which means they should never be bored, they should never be too calm and too safe, they should never go hungry or have empty moments in their life so they can turn their inner eyes uh, to themselves. Um, the whole idea is to, to keep people satisfied, entertained, but with a, with a very, very busy conscious mind. So their subconscious mind doesn't have anything strong enough to guard your attacks to, um, to make it yours. So people are subconsciously drawn to um, conclusions and behaviors that please you. Which is what I think the Dark Lollipop episode really is about. The the hazy description of what I think is a big problem of definitely the modern era, but especially the last 25 years that people are really gotten used to being served simple meals and bright colored candy up to the point where everything else that doesn't make them feel big and and, and important and in a clearly understandable world um, is really deeply uncomfortable and it's a dangerous place to be because new ideas, innovation, uh, rebellious ideas really come from a place of contrast and conflict and uncomfort. Um, so we see that this type of uncomfortable people are very easily and more quickly than ever tossed aside right now because uh, it's difficult to cope with them because in general, if you if, if you don't make it a pursuit of your life to, uh, to expand your mind, to grow, to learn, to, to travel across words and ideas um, nobody is really teaching you to to, de to 
to, to deal in complexities and in, in chaos and in contrasts. So you spend your life seeing, trying to look at, at, at the world like a, like a database or an Amazon wish list where every, everything has a, has a title, as a category, as um, a, a value, as a price, and things that don't really fit this categorization are uh, are either invisible or uh, or rejected altogether. It's very very dangerous. Um, yeah, so I hope that the episode was um, was good for your taste. I definitely spent a lot of time getting back to the flow after that weird. Um, break over the holidays and I really hope that conjoining uh, oration with this new series of more stream of consciousness chats uh, in the reflection series will help me get a better feedback of um, what you guys think and feel and want to hear about so I'll be able to even uh, reach an, an even faster work schedule for the oration episodes so before I get to talking about next episode, next uh, oration episode, um, I really want to go through a couple of questions about um, narrative and the infantilization of culture and these other things that I just talked about. They came they came from the interwebs, from you guys. Yeah, so by the way, every oration episode um, also you can find as a um, uh, as a traditional essay slash script uh, on Medium, on my blog, um, and also, of course, on Twitter, if you follow me, I, I, I link everything. So, yeah, the first question is, um, Aristotle used to say that people don't want the truth, they want to be persuaded. So... Can you talk about how narratives actually craft the truth and if it has anything to do with the dark lollipop themes? Um, I I definitely think that people in general have a tendency to look for the truth and to be honest about things because even from a social pers- point of view... Uh, unless you're really one of those good sociopaths that is very smooth with implementing different layers of reality. Everybody knows how to lie, but it's it, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of creativity, it takes a lot of mental space um, to keep up. So you'd rather convince yourself of things that are not really true than to outright lie all the time to people or, or lie about specific things to people so people have the tendency to seek the truth but have creative ways to reach for it like even if even if subconsciously or internally they know that something is not fully true but is part of a more complex and delicate narrative that they that they themselves put together to convince themselves, um, they still want it to be true. So, um, it can be seen as a way of 
them don't wanting the truth but wanting to be persuaded i think what aristotle here is talking about is that people don't want to deal with the complex um frames of reference that really complete and transparent and total honesty um deals with they really they they want they want to feel safe in the truth that's why sometimes they substitute made up interpretation to what they truly know to be true but i think that uh, in general um people have their way to attach themselves to the truth pretty much all the time what creates conflict usually is that you can never see the truth or facts or reality uh, completely uh, at any point or from any perspective the way that i like to describe it is that truth or objective reality sort of like a 3d object that you cannot grasp in all its faces in all its angles and facets from one angle um, you can only see one perspective at a time that's why different people from different backgrounds with different frames of mind different ex experiences and characters and traumas and personalities and interests uh, they see the same thing from two completely different angles and while seeing the same exact object they describe it wildly different and that's where conflict comes from they see the same truth the same sh form of reality but what they what they see is sort of like one face one 2d projection of a complex 3d object um, and that's where clashes and conflicts and accusations and wars come from. Um, not many people are good at creating these sort of narratives that completely misshape truth and um, uh, deceive people. What what you usually when when you see two people accusing themselves of uh, transmutating the truth or um, being deceitful or um, misconstruing reality i think what it actually is is two different sets of people that see the same thing from two angles uh, and it's usually a third angle that brings them together sort of like a midway perspective uh, that's usually the only way to solve that conflict but in the more complex things when you see the whole world from two different angles uh, it's 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 very difficult to to quash that uh, that quarrel yeah and and it tells and it has very much to do with the dark lollipop theme because if if we agree on the on the interpretation on on, on the opinion that mass media and uh, and businesses and brands and whoever else um is out there to get to you by simplifying things simplifying experiences simplifying reality simplifying um your emotions and your reactions to things uh it means that they really negate you they deny you 
the ability and the time and the energy to uh, to look for the 3D the 3Dness of truth they really want to serve you with targeted specific flat um, ideas and realities um, where if you really are if you really spend enough time consuming then it's very difficult to conceive as your world as just one face of a very big multifaceted object and it's very difficult to see yourselves looking at that same object of reality from another perspective and that's why uh, the more you're into that small tight loop of mass produced content uh, the more difficult for you it is to develop empathy empathy for other perspectives that are looking at the same thing as you and are served by the same people as you're served but uh, they're being served completely different perspectives and um, and that's why again everybody's at each other's throats um, right now yeah another question is yeah it comes is exactly about this which is about the emotionality and simple people online uh, what do I think if I can expand about uh, if I can talk a bit more about that part of everybody being at each other's throat um, to me is exactly that like if you don't have if you're not trained if you don't have any interest or you don't even know how to face the incoordinate complex flow of realities that we are surrounded with at all times um, then you just become a collection of pre-made perspectives and ideologies and, and, and feelings and beliefs that, that, that you assimilated throughout our days and our life um, and that's, that's what you are, you become a character, not a person, you, you're just a simple person and by being served all the time by, by you know, mass-produced uh, information and entertainment you develop this taste for simple emotions and that's the only way that you have to express yourself in these very simple terms and what you end up doing rather than having a, a cool mature outlook on situations that are presented to you that are not uncomprehensible but a, a bit more difficult and uncomfortable to manage you end up throwing tantrums and and really expressing yourself via uncontrollable emotional outbursts and uh, and it's what children do because they don't have the experience they don't have the tools they don't have the, the frame of reference of an adult with experience but this is exactly what what's happening all around the world with adults because they are given simple tools to express their ideas and to talk to each other like a text or a tweet or a, or a post or a status um, and then they're given these 
simple perspectives on reality, like uh, a news headline or a two-minute video about something or a YouTube reaction video or just posts. So their collection, they co they collect perspective per perspectives about a complex reality that are simple and they, and they can then express it to other people in ways that are even simpler still and then they see the same thing happening from all these other vastly or even minutely different perspectives different people different cultures that talk in different ways they don't know how to put everything together so everybody that's not in their camp or exactly like them or that likes the same things and, and shares the same views as them they see them sort of like an enemy in, in a crowded chaotic battlefield so they end up fighting and, and, and hurling insults at each other you see people from all walks of life all ages all denominations just behaving like kids stretching their emotional limbs for the first time in the kindergarten playground so they they don't have the 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 emotional defenses and and sensibilities of what they, they could even even have in the, in the real life like these things also bleed in the real life because if you're then used to if you're you you've become used to receiving and using a certain type of language and with the language come the emotional response and the intellectual response then that also bleeds into life so uh, that's why people are really they really they really like the the divide right now like it's not that they like because everybody suffers for it but we naturally, f people naturally fall into the black or white worldview. It's the the in and out, the inside, outside perspective. You're either with us or you're with them. So for everything now that there is there is an us and them, for everything now there is a uh, in and out group for every issue, every complex happening event in the world uh, needs to be broken down either by the media or by professional reporters or by people with vastly more dark uh, intents or even by witless people needs to be broken down to how does it apply to this us versus them philosophy and outlook that we have on the world and after years and years of people fighting with these simple weapons online, talking about simple ideas and manipulated by people with uh, deranged um, ambitions to exploit this division, people have kind of fallen into a gigantic divide for everything. There is a group that wants to work in the fringe and, and, and really take apart every aspect of um, of culture and society and ideas because they see they want to get rid of any form of 
oppression, they see a foe everywhere, they see a villain everywhere. Uh, and then there's another group that wants things to grow either at a snail space or to go backwards. And these are people that see themselves as traditional, but are really in the regressive field. And they react very, very violently to the even more violent um, push of the other group. So they end up clashing about everything and each other's um, voracity. Each one's voracity fuels the other. Uh, so they each grow more hungry and more vicious about pursuing their efforts. So everything right now is kind of falling into that great emotional divide. Technology, climate, culture, religion, gender, politics, everything is falling into the people who want to tear down any form of oppression and people that want to uh, inhibit any f every effort of the other group to uh, poison and derange the natural state of things as they see it. Um, one can be called progressive and the other traditional. One is the minority, the other the, the traditional. You, you can call it whatever you want, but this is what I, th I, I this is what I see for everything that happens is either appropriated or or renounced or denounced by the other. It's sort of like they, they, they come together in no man's land to, to decide what is their each other's perspective on any given new issue that happens, the manifests. And, and this is what ends up happening. Everything falls into this very, very simple great divide. And this, I think, is the most dangerous and perilous and, and and pressing issue of our time that if you really want to propagate and continue ourselves as a species we have to really really deal with uh, because it is really tearing each other and our in the world apart everything is 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 seen with this frame in this frame of reference um yeah so i think i think that's it for this first episode of reflection which it's more of a an experiment than anything else um again if you have questions that want to expand on this topic or any other thing about narrative philosophy or philosophy in general or whatever you see in the news that can be described from a creative or narrative point of view um please send them here as a, as a comment or on twitter at Marcus Vendia, and um, uh, and then again, I have that new Discord server, the MV Place, that I really, really encourage you to uh, to join. All right, so thank you very much, and see you in the next one.